Welcome back to the Steph Sanzaro podcast. My name is Steph and I am your host and it brings me so much pleasure each and every week to bring these episodes to you and for you to share your time with me in this way and with my amazing guests. And today I've brought to you someone from my personal life, someone that I started working for about two months ago and I've just been completely overwhelmed by his positive energy and the way that he just wants to help people so selflessly and utterly and I think it's super impressive and I know that he has a lot to teach people and that's why I thought that he would be a fantastic guest to have on the podcast so that you and I can both learn from him a little bit more. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Sam Floriani. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today and to have your experience and your wisdom sent through to the ears of my listeners today. And I was wondering if you could start off by first introducing yourself, but then also giving us a little background into your history. Sure. Thanks for having me here. It's kind of pretty exciting to be uh, doing this podcast. Um, My name is Sam Floriani and I um, work at a place called The Innate Life. Um, it's the chiropractic studio here in Geelong West, uh, and my background is um, I was born and bred in Alice Springs, I, um, which is in the heart of Australia, and a um, big passion of mine is um, spending time outdoors and that kind of stuff, but Alice Springs is pretty remote. Um, pretty much you can get in your car, do 15 laps, drive your car with blindfolded, and the nearest thing you're going to hit is either a bit of spin effects or a kangaroo for nearly 700 kilometers. <laughs> so it's a long way away from anywhere. Um, so that's my upbringing. My I've got five five brothers and a sister. Uh, I'm the youngest. So mum and dad always said that they have the best till last, which makes me nice and happy. Um, that might have been my words, not their words, but that's okay. Um, I'm a chiropractor. I um, spent 15 years in Alice Springs, moved to Adelaide for three or four years to do my schooling, and then met my beautiful partner, uh, my wife, who have I've been with now for 15 years, and. Um, then we moved to Melbourne to study chiropractic and then moved to Italy for uh, six years to start a practice overseas and we ran two practices in Italy uh, and then came back to Geelong and started a practice here in Geelong. So I, I'm in business, I'm in health, um, I'm definitely I'm a father of four uh, and yeah, that's pretty much me in a, a nutshell and yeah. yeah. Amazing. Hmm. Thank you so much for that little wrap up. and. You know, the reason that I have you here today on the podcast is because I met you a month ago when I first started working for your clinic and I think I was just overwhelmed by the energy of the place. Mm. You, your partner Gab, you have the most incredible energy and it came down to something called innate intelligence. (laughs) Yep. Mm. Could you please explain a little (laughs) bit more about what that is? I would love to. That's my passion. So a lot of our businesses... um as I said before, this is in Australia, we have um, innate. So I might start with that point. Innate um, is your inborn wisdom, inborn intelligence. I have the belief the human body is incredible. The body is amazing. It's far, you know, you have a greater expression to heal, adapt, regenerate more than you've ever been told that you can do. Most people pretty much tell you that you're a bag of bones and you, when you fall apart, someone's going to fix you. Our philosophy is so different to that, whereby you have this inborn brilliance, inborn wisdom, inborn um um, I call it energy vibe, whatever you want to call it, that is literally is your best friend. It is designed to allow you to um, heal, adapt, regenerate, um, rejuvenate, have babies, all that kind of stuff. And that's where my me and my wife and I kind of gave up the the idea of trying to fix things and just be in the flow, be in the moment, and let our intelligence kind of dictate 
Well, the word intelligence, I'll have to be careful with. It's let the flow, let the urinate, let the inborn wisdom, mother nature's, um, mother's instincts, intuition, subconscious, all those words are synonymous for innate. Mm. And so our business is called The Innate Life because we believe that by living the innate life allows you to stay present, allows you to, to not try to dictate and control and use a left brain to fix it all with the perfect formula, the perfect Instagram account, the perfect recipe, the CrossFit, the F45, the yoga, the Pilates. It's like, what is your body telling you to do right now? Let's listen to that. And then that's kind of what the whole point of innate is. So innate intelligence is that beautiful spark inside of you that everyone has. Mm. Um, you, it's with you from the moment that you're conceived and, it's with, and it goes the moment you die. So people can call it whatever they want. It's not a you know it might be a spiritual term. I'm not sure, but it's like that inner 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 brilliance, inner spark, inner you, inner spunk, the mojo, whatever word works for you. So that's your innate intelligence, uh, and that's my one of my biggest passions. Yeah, and how have you brought that into your home and personal life, and also into your work life as well? Great question. Um, trust is probably the biggest thing. Trust is, um, Gabby and I, you probably hear, you'll hear us throughout the podcast, we've been involved with a lot. So if you might, a lot of people freak out, say far out, Sam, you've served ice creams, you've worked at Hungry Jacks, you've also ran businesses, we do life coaching and do sweat walks and high, you know, high ropes courses and we do a fair bit. So I will kind of jump all over the place, but we've done quite a bit in our life of 34 years. Um, but... Um, uh, how we have put it into our kids, into our practice, into our staff, into all of our companies that we've ran has been always trust that instincts. Like, you know, never take yourself too seriously, but like let belief that you have a best friend that's got your best interest at heart and it's it or he or she is smarter than you. And so if you have that trust that like, you know, you might have stubbed your finger and it's like, oh, that hurts a lot. Stub your finger? You stub your toe, you bang your finger, sorry. <laughs> Either one of those two things, you've stubbed your toe or you banged your finger. The first thing that you do is you kind of throw your finger in your mouth or you kind of shake your hand quickly or you'll run around swearing, but your body will have a reaction that's greater than you at that moment. You might put the finger in the mouth to kind of increase the brain flow to the body um, to kind of then overwhelm the system to not have just pain hitting the brain, but having pain, warmth, sensation, your teeth, the, the, the um, whole bunch of things hitting the brain at that moment. You didn't think about that process. You just stubbed your toe and then all of a sudden your body goes bang with some amazing things to support you in that moment of crisis. The same thing can be said when you are fearful, you know, the sweating response and when you do have anxiety and that the body does knows what it's doing. So having the faith and the trust that your body has got your best interest at heart, it makes you feel like you've got an awesome best friend there for you as opposed to, oh, my body's about to get me. You know, it's like this whole fear of, oh, but it's, you know, I've got to fix a problem. The truth is you don't. Just surrender and give up and that the body has your body has been doing things for you since before you can remember. Mm. And that's kind of how we try to implement that into all forms. If we have the innate message and we live the innate way, um, we call it the vitalistic way, believing that um, there's far more greater things to us that are outside of our understanding. So let's just forget trying to understand every single bit bits and pieces and just let the body do its thing. Mm. And that's kind of our whole philosophy. Same thing in business, you know. Um, we do the same philosophy in business. Yeah, I would love that. Could you tell me a little bit more about your businesses and how you've grown them and adapted them and evolved them? Mm, sure. Um, this is going to be a bit of fun. It's all about me right now. Thanks for that, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> I'm normally on the other side of the coin. But anyway, um, so as I said, we um, graduated in Melbourne and I moved to my with my brother, my my family, to make it make clear that we have a, a last name called Floriani. We do a lot of um, 
there's four of us at a chiropractor. We're all married to chiropractors, to basically, so we have a big chiropractic family. The fundamental idea, if you have thought, oh, why is a chiropractor mentioning this? This is the original form of chiropractic. A lot of chiros that we here have in Australia are very much, they're great, but they also follow the mechanistic path, which is more about, let me fix your back pain, let me fix your headaches. Yeah. But the original form of chiropractic um, did come from the body healing itself. The founder of chiropractic was BJ Palmer, who actually spoke to, you know, a connection between back in the olden days in the 1980s, you know, um, no, in the 1800s, sorry, um, you know, connecting man, the spiritual with man, the physical, or this that would be you know, the human, the physical with human, the, the um, physical and the spiritual moment. I can't even do that when you kind of convert it from man to human. Yeah, back in the day, they say, um, you know, the, all the old school scripts would say, man, the physical, man, the spiritual, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I digress. Apologize. Um, uh, that whole thing for us was uh, was so powerful for me understanding that process. And then now we've, in regards to our companies, we've had a company in Italy. Uh, we worked there for six years. We started one from scratch and it went really well. And the best thing about it was is I literally could not say hello. I remember getting off the plane and uh, the guy I met at the airport, he goes, hey, ciao. And I was like, ciao, fire. I thought that was a goodbye, but I just met the guy. And I asked him in my very dodgy English and he goes, no, no, it means both, you know, hello and goodbye. And I thought, fire, I meant to be here. I just got married with my wife and we've just spent some time. We're going to spend the next six months doing a honeymoon and six months turned into being a six-year honeymoon. Wow. And uh, I couldn't communicate, but I started a business and basically... Um, the way that I would get clients in the door, I mean, ended up becoming one of the busiest practices in Italy by me hugging people and just saying, hey, yeah, your body's very clever. Let me adjust it to kind of release the brilliance. Mm. And that's what I had to pretty much learn to say. And people were like, this is amazing. And results came from us allowing people to kind of love themselves again through the adjustment. And that was our marketing strategy. I'll give you a hug. I'll give you, I'll give you an adjustment. Give you a hug. I'll give you a high five. And then um, you pay your bill off you go. And that was our, our communication strategy for six or 12 months. And we grew exponentially with the philosophy that the body was pretty clever and that we can help people get even healthier and happier and love themselves again. And that was our whole upbringing. And then we thought, okay, this is a pretty simple message. Let's keep doing it. So we did that in Italy. We sold that. Um, we had two of them over there. They went really well. Wow, Sam. Italy. Mm. That's huge. For the listeners, Like that's a huge thing to have another business in another country. Was that just an amazing experience? Like You ended up staying for six years. Yeah, it was brilliant. I would highly recommend it. If you ever want to go there, Lake Garda or Lago di Garda is a beautiful part of the world. We traveled the world and um, yeah, it was awesome. And not only that, um, all the who's who in personal development, um, they all love to go and unwind. And this is where I probably really um, had a chance to jump forward was we had a lot of people that I looked up to that would come to Italy for their family holiday, and I can have three or four in mind, that they were coming to our area, and I said, hey, why don't they let me take it, can't I take it for coffee, for example? And these guys would come to Australia, and they'd have three or 4,000 people wanting them, like literally paying money, or trying to shout them out for restaurants, and trying to spend time with them. And these guys were the who's who in, in the personal development world. And uh, we took them there, and we took them out for the gelatos, and we took them to the, no- the local nonna, and we're taking for a bike ride on the lake, and we just got a chance to just basically um, chew the fat with these awesome people. And are you allowed to name drop? Yeah, um, we had a few. We had in the chiropractic world, we had Jim Sigafoos was one. He was one of my mentors. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was an absolute rock star. He passed away at like eighty four. Um, I was, you know, he just just the way he, he just oozed and spoke this stuff big time. Another one was um, uh, Brad Lowacki another chiropractor in America, but his family came there. I just love the guy. I met him for the first time and 
he just kind of was pretty much saying, look at me, guys, my, my wife's amazing, my kids are here, and and uh, I can you know all the money in the world, but my kids are the most important things. So this guy just oozed 360 degrees of success. I asked him to support me, and if I could be his fucking coach with him, he said, no, nah, I don't coach, man, but just hang out, and we'll just have some fun. Oh. And so, yeah, I just learned from him, and, and um, they were two of the big, two of the big ones. Um, there was many other ones that I got exposed to um, in the chiropractic world. Mm. Um, in One of the guys' name is... Um, we call him River, which that's a whole other story, but his name is Chuck Ribley. And just these guys that were, so Chuck Ribley, um, he's involved with universities over in the States and just got to spend some time with him. And just the way they talk, even when they're having a cup of tea, they don't, the way they communicate is just so different. Wow. And that's just been my biggest understanding, hanging out with people that you want to become like or that ooze mm-hmm. your passion mm-hmm. or ooze the things that you would love to kind of um, do more of. And they just seem to kind of live it. They don't kind of... Think about it, they just live it. Yeah. And that was cool. Sorry to interrupt you there, Sarah. That's okay. You I talk a lot. provided a really beautiful example there that I think sometimes a lot of us will want a coach or want a mentor, but we don't ever know how to approach it or to ask for one. But you've reached out to these people and they've just been, yeah, of course, let's do it. Let's yeah. go and do these things. And look at you. You've been able to transform and grow and evolve just through meeting them. So I think for the listeners, that's a really you know nice little indicator that I think we have to actually put ourselves out there to gain mm-hmm. the help that we want. You've got to be, first of all, I mean, great, great point. And you've got to ask for help, first of all. But also, I think that um, a lot of the time, help can come in the most simplest ways. And a lot of people are searching for um, that perfect person or that perfect model. There is no such thing as perfect. If you get one thing, if you are listening to this right now and you, you got to race off, I'd suggest there's three or four things you could kind of put, jot down. And one would be get rid of the word should, get rid of the word need to or have to or must. Like just live, like let life just kind of flow through you. Um, and that perfection Perfection is definitely in nature, and you can see that the, when you were born, that was a per- perfect moment. Um, but to try and find perfection with your left brain, which is that thinking part of your brain, unfortunately, like your left brain's never going to be anywhere near as good as your right brain. And if you're not sure what that means, it's like your left brain is that kind of methodical, the crossing the T's, dotting the I's. It's awesome for procedures and management and yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to actually living, like look at the, a creative artist, look at a baby kind of getting excited by mom, looking, watch a, a dancer in full glory doing her thing or doing his thing, watch a singer that's found a song, watching, like that's someone living in their right brain, that's they're, they're being blissful, they're being present. They weren't trying to find someone to fix their problems, they were just being. And so what I would suggest is when you kind of get that little butterfly moment when someone comes past, you could be in the coffee shop and you have that feeling that someone's like, oh man, that guy was awesome and that smile was beautiful. Not in a sexual way, but in like, man, that was cool. Hang out with them. Hey, dude, can I hang out with you? Girl, guy, whatever it might be, grandma, I find the best one. Get your parents, sit down. If you've got an awesome uncle or auntie that you love, just like, hey, can I just take it for a coffee? Like, that's when you're going to find, like, a coach. And you're going to find a coach in the things that you need most at that moment. And that way you're not using your left brain, you're using your right brain to go, man, I'm really, my heart's singing right now, I'm going to let that kind of happen to me. And that would be one thing that I'd suggest. So trying to find a coach, like, do that. That's so beautiful. Hmm. I love that you've opened that up to the listeners today. I think trusting yeah, we're all always stuck in our thoughts or in our mind or those crazy anxieties or but just swapping out of that into the next lane and being like, no, 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 let's just let it flow. Yeah. People really struggle with that, just flowing, yep. being in the present. Yeah, definitely. And they say, we do a power of positive thought talk that I do, which I'm a lot of, um, which I, I didn't realize, but I just could talk about this stuff all day. So you have to be careful, Steph. I definitely love this discussion. We have part one, part two, and part three of this that we do for our clients. And 
Um, I've had to really kind of rein my brain in because I get so excited about it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I find that that there's stagnancy. If you ever see like a a mosquito pit where mosquitoes come from, and you kind of think it's kind of like stagnant water. That's where you know moss grows. It's often in the dark. It kind of doesn't really kind of ooze vitalism or it doesn't ooze a great sensation. But in but then if you kind of have a beautiful flowing water, you kind of close your eyes with a bit of sun glistening through, hearing like the kind of movement of a current flowing through a stream. There's always dynamic movement happening through life. And so when it comes to thoughts, the same thing. If you're sitting there on the same one and you're kind of sitting there with like mosquito thinking, which is basically you're in the dark, it's kind of cold, it's usually mossy, it's kind of that mosquito just kind of sits there in a cesspool and finally forms a mosquito. And let's be honest, no one likes mosquitoes besides frogs. And it's kind of like, as opposed to understanding like, you know, fly fishing or even like the seeing butterflies in a stream. Imagine the sun popping through. There's that, that water is passing. Those thoughts are passing all the time. You're never going to have the same thought again. So be okay with that. Be okay. There's going to be a, a new thought coming along quickly. So be okay. Let go of that thought and see what happens. And then a new thought's going to arrive at some stage. And then you're going to have thoughts from different inspirations. It could be a tree. It could be a person. It could be a Netflix episode. It could be something. It could be a person. It could be a voice. It could be... Who knows? But that's kind of where being spontaneous, not trying to fix the problem and just being a part of just being a part of the solution and being open to it. And that's kind of where you're really gonna have some fun. This is why I wanted to have this conversation today, Sam. <laughs> okay. You're making me very, very happy. I love talking about this stuff and I think the more people that can understand it and know about it, well, the better improved their lives will be. Mm. If you could talk about power of positive thought for a little bit more, would mm-hmm. that be okay? For sure. If you want me to, definitely. Yeah, I would love that. Definitely. Um, which area should we start with? Well, we've started with the mosquitoes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good place to be because obviously I think on a similar analogy, we do find ourselves in this dark, swampy area quite often. Mm-hmm. And we can get stuck in those repetitive thinking over and over again and the thoughts can lead into depression, anxiety, mental illness, that sort of thing. How about we start off with how to slowly get ourselves out of those repetitive thoughts and to into more of a positive mindset. Okay, great question or great point. The biggest thing is to acknowledge that you're at. Like, I mean, every single um, text out there, whether they're spiritual texts, whether they're personal development texts, whether they're self-help books, whatever you talk about, they all kind of mention you wouldn't have bought the book unless you were ready for it. So if you are in that situation, if you are in that swampy water, it's like, okay, guess what? I'm in the swampy water. Guess what? I'm drinking too much alcohol. Guess what? I'm whatever it might be. Just first of all, acknowledge the fact Hey, guess what? I'm 10 kilos overweight. I'm 40 kilos overweight. I haven't got a partner. I haven't got a partner. Whatever it might be, acknowledge it. And then you're not, then you're not going to tell yourself a story because stories are the worst thing. As soon as you start saying, oh, it's going to be better. It's okay. It's like, you know, there's, uh, I'm a big, big believer in affirmations, but there's certain rules to affirmations as well. If you, if you have an affirmation that, oh, I'll quote that in a little while, but, but my point is, is that first of all, acknowledge where you're at. And if you are in a funny spot, guess what, guys? I'm in a funny spot. Then you can say that to yourself say it to the mirror multiple times and then it's like all right i'm in a shitty spot can i say that yes okay i'm in a shitty spot and then you can say how oh, far i've been in spot for a little while that leads to more action going okay well i might need some help now ask mom ask dad ask friends ask family ask colleagues otherwise you stay in that mosquito water for way too long so the first step is to acknowledge that you're there and second of all is maybe if you need some help Help can come in forms of podcasts, can come in forms of books, can come in forms of friendship, can come in forms of cups of tea and coffee, getting out of the house, you name it. So that's kind of where the first step would be that. Then there's so many strategies. I mean, strategies one could be gratitude lists. Strategy two could be goal setting. Um, Strategy three could be affirmation notes. 
watching funny movies, um, literally going having a time. If you are a grumpy bugger, if someone says to you more than once a week, guys, you're a grumpy bum, maybe change your tune. Like Acknowledge the fact that you're a grumpy bum and then put things in place to go and watch YouTube and watch people fall off and hurt themselves, if that's your thing. Like, I, I actually do find that quite funny. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I, I actually find dad jokes extremely funny and I find people oh. that fall over and, and hurt themselves not hurt themselves but just do dumb things I, I definitely like I have a, an outlandish laugh it's awesome I love your dad jokes and I, I really <laughs> should have been more prepared today because I could have had a few of them lined up from you to give out to the listeners and that would have just been amazing but if you can think of some while we're recording this maybe we'll finish on some dad jokes okay what about if you say what do you call the fastest kind of pastry or bread what scone <laughs> <laughs> It's a belly laugh, and that's what I love. Exactly, and there's there's so many more. I don't mind if it's a belly laugh or an eye roll, but I, I find them funny. So it's not about you; it's about me when I say the jokes. And they bring a smile to your face. As they well. do. They do. Definitely. So as long as it's helping you, totally, it's it's good. Yeah, and if I can see multiple people rolling rolling their eyes at me, it makes me happier. It's like it's not about you guys; it's about me right now. <laughs> the internal so, happiness comes first. Exactly. Uh, that's actually probably far out. Good point. Internal. Internal happiness comes first. The reason you would have heard this, but I'm assuming um, when you get on the plane, you'll see a lot of those. A lot of, and I've, I've literally read that many books and podcasts. And so, my biggest passion to kind of go back to it is um, my dad said to me, You and Gabby are doing pretty well, like, well done. Um, and he said, What do you attribute it to? And we kind of said, Well, for the first six years initially, whilst learning, I didn't have a TV, I couldn't speak the language, and listening to the radio hurt my brain after a full day of work. Um, so, I literally bought probably over 500 different books, um, you name it, from Jack Canfield to Louise Hay to Robbins to Stuart Wilde, um, uh, Stu Bittman, uh, Sigafoos, uh, Joe Dispenza. Like there's been, I could keep going and going and going and like Deepak Chopra's got some awesome stuff. Looking in the health side of things, the money side of things, the, the management side of things, like the um, good to great, like the whole life was based around it. And then... Um, we also went to multiple seminars all over Europe because it was so close and easy to travel. Mm. That we went back over six years and we pretty much bought a ha- had spent a house deposit on our head. Wow, on self development work. On that's including hotels and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, basically, and that was where we've obviously said to all of our all of our team members here. We said like anytime you guys want to do something, we're more than happy to kind of invest in yourself because if you get you become better in yourself, then it's going to become better for our business. So therefore. You know, workshops, weekends away. We've done you know multiple things around that. So, um, if you can develop strategies, that's going to give you a a tool. And like it's like when you're in a real tough spot, the only way out of it is by getting a life raft thrown at you. Develop multiple life rafts until you fall in the water. Mm-hmm. Like, but you have to develop them first. You can't go, oh my gosh, I'm in the water, I can't swim. I would love a life raft right now. It's like it doesn't work that way. You've got to make sure you develop them first. And that can come from, hey mum, when I'm feeling really crappy, you ever notice X, Y, and Z? That means I'm in a tough spot. Just keep an eye out for me, would you? Oh. You know, or it could be like, hey, dude, I really need a girls weekend away. It's been way too long for the last girls. Let's go to Adelaide and let's go to the wine country and let's. I just need to unwind. Or it could be I'm keen to play some golf. You're a fella. I'm keen to play some golf and I just haven't. My kids are driving me up the wall and my wife's been a pain in the butt. I just need to have like a day to go and burp and fart and do my thing. Like literally, go and do that. But put strategies in place when you know your bucket's getting empty. Then you put your life raft into play. But once again, it's hard to find the life raft when you're in the when you're in the water and you're sinking. So make sure when you, if you are in a sinking spot, then do whatever you can to get out of it. You know, it could be just a temporary get out. You might go find a, might might be a few beers on the night on a Saturday night, 
once you have a bit of a head, change in headspace, that's when you write some goals. That's when you do some affirmations. That's when you're in a high energetic space. Write, do some things to kind of create your own life vest or your own life raft or your own, you know, um, what are those safety kind of circles? Safety that? vest? Oh, uh, like a buoy. Uh, uh, what do they do in the, in the um, swimming pool when they throw that thing to you? I thought that was a buoy. No. It's a oh. lifesaver. Whatever. I don't think that's the technical a life name circle. for it, but I, a life circle. <laughs> We'll roll with that. A life floating device that's thrown to you by a... Uh, by a lifeguard. <laughs> with a string God attached to it shocking. on the back of a boat. Uh, anyway, you're getting my point. So anyway, that's a pretty important one. Um, and so, yeah, uh, personal development is a huge factor. Uh, and being okay with where you're at and then developing strategies to kind of climb out of the hole. Um, first start, and the more you can invest on, invest, or my dad said to me once, the biggest investment you ever make is one between your ears. And so you can find people that got the nice cars, the brand new, you know, houses, brand new phones, brand new. Oh, you bought a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> just picking on you. Thank you. Are no, picking I'm just on joking. me. It's going to turn into a counselling session, is it not? Uh, no, I hope not. Um, maybe for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my point is, it's just that you know, um, is still enjoy the good things, but like the more money you can spend on buying good books or podcasts or mentors or even going on a trip to Byron Bay every now and again or come to Torquay and do your thing like. Just the more you can spend on you, it's never going to be a wasted investment. Mm. You know, never. I mean, cars depreciate as soon as you drive out the lot, but your headspace will never depreciate. No, so. well, and like you said, Sam, you've dedicated a house worth of money to yours and your wife's, you know, your brain and to that self development. But it's also now outflowing into other aspects of your life. Yeah, so for sure. So flourishing business, flourishing relationships. You know, these are the things that we want in life. You know, people work really hard to get good business goals and to find the love of their life and all this sort of thing but I like what you've said it's sort of like starting at you making sure that you know you're learning things taking care of yourself you know building the blocks there before and then it'll naturally overflow into those other parts of your life yep you're definitely right and the, and the cool thing as well don't be afraid because you've got the next shit storm around the corner <laughs> like I love the whole oh, my life is perfect thing it's like yeah my, my life is definitely poet, poetically chaotically crazily perfect but like every day I'm coming this morning to see you guys at work and I was like oh yeah I went on three hours sleep last night and we went to drive our car yesterday we had three poo, three poo explosions one vomit in the back of the car we literally Gabby and I had a bit of a Barney and it's like but then by lunchtime it's all perfect again like life is cyclic so I mean you're living this perfect postcard lifestyle come on it's not going to happen but if you have the skills in place to be able to get there it's like hey have a few deep breaths Hey Gab, that's my wife's name. Hey Gab, okay, we've had a bit of a tough time. Uh, let's just reset the morning. Let's do that. Okay, let's do it. Let's start again. Otherwise, it's gonna. Like, if you kind of be a part of the, be a part of your own life, you can decide where you're going rather than. Oh my, my wife, my life yesterday sucked because I've had three pooey or four pooey bums, and we had a vomit in the back of the car. And then Gabby and I fought the whole way there, and then this and that and the other. It's like okay, and tomorrow's gonna be the same thing if unless you make a change and make a kind of stand for being happy at that moment. And that just comes with, you know, the more time you spend on personal development, you can actually can pick and choose where you want to go and mm. change your emotional state almost instantaneously rather than going, you know, I can't do it. And the best thing, one of the best ways I've found to change your emotional state is with a really, really important thing. Um, I think they, I forgot how they say it. I think it's called chocolato. Never heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's, like... it's just called chocolate in English. <laughs> <laughs> But I got you. You're an idiot. <laughs> I know. But it's actually one of the best things because it makes you feel good in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why often I say to people, like, you know, Gabby and I drove yesterday. We said, no, we're going to be good. No no chocolate. 
we're going to get in the car, we're going to drive up to see my family and it's going to be fine. It's an hour, hour and a half to get there. And we had this cow stay. And then Gav's like, why don't we buy the chocolate coated almonds? And it's kind of like, just in that little moment, we need a little bit of self-love. You know, I'm okay with that. Because people say, you know, you eat better foods and change this and change that. Discipline is super important. I'm all for it. But it's like also, um, we prefer to use the word blissipin. Which kind of means, you know, um, one of my mentors, stupid I've mentor, never heard that either have I, but I loved it when he said it, discipline, because discipline reminds you of the, you know, short back and size, army dudes that, you know, screaming at you, you must do this before you get that, and same thing, a lot of personal trainers are the same thing, you have to do this, like, yeah, I'm all for it, but to be blissful in the process of being disciplined is like a discipline, and and I like, I, when I first heard it, I thought, that sounds pretty corny, but I'm going to coin it, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, and this you know, allows you to enjoy the ride, be disciplined and appreciate, you know, if you don't if you have a, a six-week challenge to exercise and lose weight and everything else, awesome. But as long as you're enjoying the ride, as long as that results at the end are going to make you more satisfied than the pain that you went through to get there. Mm-hmm. And that, so that's kind of a really important act because that's why I'm big for, I'm all for you know, enjoying a bit of chocolate and enjoying a glass of wine in the day. Um, living life. I mean, we're here. If you keep by car tomorrow, okay, so be it. Mm-hmm. So that's why enjoying the journey is the most important thing. Mm. that's why chocolate's okay I agree I mean for me I'm definitely not a chocolate fan so I'm more into you know treating myself to maybe some dumplings or something like that totally. but I'm the same it's about like finding that one thing in your life that you're still going to keep as a constant it's not like it's a reward or anything but it's like this is normal life if you've ever seen someone that's shredding for a bikini comp you know they can't maintain that that's not sustainable long term I think that's another really good thing that we'd love I'd love to talk about is like sustainability in our health and maintaining our health through diet, exercise and spirituality. Would you like to dive into that a little sure, bit? Sure, go for it. Look, oh, to be honest, um, definitely the spirituality side of things is is, um, is probably an easy one for me. I've played high level football. I um, I love, like I go to the gym three, four times a week. Um, it's definitely, exercise is super important. Um, diet as well, my wife, we're pretty much 100% vegan at home um, and I'm um, not saying that veganism is the only way to go forward I'm saying that there's multiple ways it's got to be right for you like it take, took my wife you know six months to do it took me three and a half four years and I still I won't lie I'm not always there but I'm, I'm almost there you know and um, but other mates of mine that um, for them if their dad's a dairy farmer and they've been up, grew up on a station and then the idea of um, you know their lifestyle beforehand makes them feel happy it's important that you've been happy first and that's where you know a lot of people get challenged by that. So I find that happiness has got to come from within first, and it, it shouldn't be a should or have to or must or need to. It should be. It should be. It, it you have to be careful and make sure that it, it allows for you to be okay with where you're at, um, as opposed to a should need to and have to. So that's my my pre pre. I want to kind of pre qualify that before I jump into the exercise side of things, because there's so many more more skillful people out there that understand the psychology, the understanding, the the sports science behind exercise and how that all works i just know if i don't move my body i go crazy so um you know if it's yoga if it's crossfit if it's i love box i love boxing my one of my biggest things um if i don't move my body i just go crazy so yes exercise is great the best form of exercise i think is just getting out your bum and going out the door and finding what vibes with you could be dancing could be running so that's my take on exercise i definitely do it i do a lot of it um, which is the best one? I'm not going to jump into that because I'm nah. not skilled enough for that um, in that area. But definitely moving your body is important. 
Um, Diet-wise, same thing. If you have a crappy night out and have a few drinks or if you whatever, sure, your body has that cravings for some crappy foods and it might make you feel good in the moment, but you always feel better after kind of sitting down through a juice fast or doing some kind of pretty solid thing. So the food side of things, my wife's right across. I'm so thankful I've married a princess who knows a lot about food and I eat well as a result of that. Um, so I'm responsible for everything that goes in my mouth, but um, she makes it a bit easy because she makes good food that's healthy. Um, but yeah, so the food is definitely huge, but I probably would stay away from that one as well because it's a massive, it's, it's, there's so many more skillful guys out there. There's so many of my clients that come in, they've got all these stats. I'm like, dude, that sounds awesome. Get me the recipe. You know, I love what you're doing. Can you do it? Can you send me the article? And I won't read it, but my wife will. <laughs> and she was like, it for me. So I have got lots. I went to university. I, lo- I did all the, the nutrition and the psychology, the nutrition and the psychology behind nutrition and the cravings. And I love all that stuff. But once again, I'm all about having fun and enjoying life. So that I'm going to get someone else to read that stuff for me and summarize it for me. <laughs> That's why I'm lucky enough to be able to have a wife and also teammates around me that can support me through that process and they hit the high points. In regards to spirituality though, that's where I, I kind of will, I'll do the same thing for my wife and other people. I'll pass on what I've learned from books and everything else that I've done. So spirituality, <clears throat> where should we start? We've already started really. That's it. Uh, the philosophy of living, I think, comes from spirituality. And I, for, I'm not sure your audience will probably be a younger audience. Yeah, demographic is between 24 to around about 32. Okay, cool. And so here's where I actually really, you know me, you're getting to know me a bit better now, but um, I do love to stir the pot. One of my funnest things to do for my clients, for me, but for everybody is you can never grow when you're in comfort. So um, my sister-in-law and and, uh, and that, she's challenged me quite a bit in, in many good ways, in regards to beliefs and thoughts and everything else. But my dad is my biggest mentor. And I mentioned to you before about Dad. He his his name is Enzo Alito Floriani. He's a typical wog, and um, he would sit down in the room with us. I think I mentioned to you before. He'd be like, "Hey Sam, see that bird over there? Is that is that bird stressed? Stressed?" I'm like, oh, "I'm not sure." And he's reckon that bird's worried about where his food's going to come tomorrow. Or he'd be like, hey, do you reckon that bird's worried about, the, you know, he's going to have, dinner, have to have dinner somewhere and maybe find a place to sleep tonight? Do you reckon he's worried about where that is going to be? And um, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, Dad. I'm busy with whatever. I'm busy with like, okay, but just think about that until our next conversation. And then he might come back and say, hey, Sam, so, you know, um, do you reckon there's some kind of perfection out there? Like, it's pretty awesome, right? Like, you, do you reckon who actually tells the birds where to go during the nighttime and where to go next tomorrow? And then not only that, the, the, the trees they're sitting in like, who actually decided that branch should go that way, not that way? And like, I'm like, Dad, are you trying to say God to me? He's like, I'm not trying to say anything to you. I just ask the question, where does that perfection come from? And then Dad was a devout Catholic for many years and um, still believes in the way, but he got pissed off with the profession, with the Catholic Church, with the way they dealt with so many things. And so he went straight to the archbishop and had a go at them saying, oh, my whole family's been brought up this way. And saying this is like, I can't believe this is disgusting what's going on. And so then people were like, the Catholic Church lost its flavor for a long time. But Dad said, but I'm, I don't, I'm not confident with letting go because the, the principles that came from the, the book, from the Bible are so powerful. But then Dad was sticking to us. And then Dad went off into the, um, Dad was the general manager of a massive Aboriginal corporation in Alice Springs. And then got to spend a lot of time with the elders and then was learning the way of the Dreamtime stories and that kind of stuff. And then Dad was like, holy jeepers, what I learned for the first 40 years of my life was the or 50s of his life was the exact same thing that the Aboriginals get taught in their philosophies, and but just in a different teaching style. But the, if you break it down, you pull the fat away from it. It's the exact same philosophy. 
and then he did some work with um, some uh, mentors of his from America, and they were heavily involved with the Cherokees and the um, the Native Indians, and their beliefs were almost exactly the same in their philosophies and, and like all the happiness and that kind of stuff. And I was like, and then I was telling Dad when I was at, in, uh, at Year Twelve, I did a piece around the different religions, like the Quran, the Bible, Buddha, Buddhism. And I said the same thing, almost the philosophies. Out of the 10 major philosophies, eight of them are exactly the same in all four four areas. And Dad's like, so therefore mankind screws up religion. Or mankind screws up spirituality, but spirituality is so needed. Religion has caused all the wars. And so, but in saying that, what he has tried to make pass on to my kids is saying that don't be scared of the name. The, you know, right now, the Catholic Church are the ones that play with babies, you know, the pedophilia. The, that's in the headspace of most people and then the Quran and the, um, the, the Islamic community are the bombers and the, and the Buddhists are the weird hippies that maybe do yoga and wear the orange pants that the monks in the, in, the, in the hills so there's this kind of preconceived idea in those three forms of spirituality but they are all brilliant in their own right mm-hmm. and so and even look at the different the tribes all the tribes out there the, the um, Aboriginal tribes but also the, the, the Cherokees and Indians in, in America um, they have all kind of lost their way in regards to teaching their young people because the young people are moving away from the spirituality side of things. So Dad has been saying, Sam, go and find out your vibe, but don't lose your spirituality. Find out what resonates with you, which voice you speak to, which language you speak, whether it's, a, whether it's the Buddhist belief, whether it's the, the Quran and the Islamic beliefs, whether it's the, um, the Catholic Church. Don't kind of shoot them off because of the, the man, mankind beliefs. And that's for me has been a big, pretty powerful one for me because a lot of people do jump on the, the headline of, oh my gosh, so and so, you know, the pedophilia stuff. It's like, yes, I know, but you've, I can tell you got crappy chiros, you've crappy doctors, you've crappy bankers, you've crappy dentists, you've got horrible things in so many areas and some institutions have done a pretty bad job. But the, the belief and the philosophies in those books are so powerful. So that'll be my starting point. Don't kind of worry about, oh, should I become a Buddhist or should I become a this? Like just become a human being and just live life, but just get your teachings from other people. Mm. And that's kind of where like I find that I'm definitely one of the most spiritual human beings on the planet, but I'm def- I'm not the most religious. And that's kind of be, um, but I'm happy to kind of get my expertise or my understanding from multiple forms. And that would be I reckon a good starting point. You know, don't be scared of it, and don't be scared of religion either. Like just go into it with the ideas of that mankind have mucked around with the rules to make it suit them into some greed or power way. Mm. But that's, I think, where we should not kind of throw those pretty powerful texts in the bin. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. And it's not about having a label, having a, I am Catholic, I am, mm. I'm trying to think of other religions. Islamic. Islamic, exactly. You can be spiritual in your own right by just believing in something greater than yourself. Yeah, perfect, boom. And loving yourself. Like, you know, that's kind of where I think the biggest thing for us is, is like, People say to me, Sam, what do you do for work? I say, I pretty much try to find, help people find the love inside of them. You know, you can find that and be more loving in turn, inside of you. That in turn allows you to see more love in other people and then you can find loving other people even easier. So then the whole thing starts with you, you know? Yeah, so. I agree with you 100%. And I talk about self-love a lot and I talk about self-care as the steps to self-worth and then to self-love. And there are quite a few people out there recently who have said to me, no, I don't believe that that's even possible that I can never love myself. That's just Yahoo. Could you give us a little bit of a starting point? Like, how do you work towards that? Start with the simple things. Gratitude is the number one thing. Okay, but people say often, if you do become one of our clients, um, or if you've ever heard of one, you know, obviously you are one of our clients, but um, every single person comes in, I, we don't say, how are you today, or what's going on? We often will say, what's the best part of your day? Tell me something awesome. Tell me the best part of your weekend. And if someone said, oh, nothing. It's like, okay, I'll usually wait here for a little while, I'll come back to you. You know, because it's like, 
can't tell me you wake up in the morning you've got air coming through your nostrils you're not dying of of you know something right now maybe you are have got some kind of illness but you're not dying right now um and it's like there's so much to be grateful for i think i'm not sure these stats i'm going to make them up but there's some statistic that i've heard because i'm the stats i'm going to be out i'm going to be off by about two and a half percent or something like that but it's like i think if you have got change in your back pocket um or you have change in your house in your ashtray in your car you know, in the ash, ashtray in your car if you have change in the side of your bedside table you're in the top like three and a half or four percent of the world, world's wealthiest people mm-hmm. and i could be it might be maybe five and a half or six percent but it's something like that even if i doubled that you're in the world's top 12 wealthiest people i mean if you have got if you're a university student here somewhere in Melbourne or in somewhere in Australia and you've got change from the night out last night, you are in the top, we'll say 10%. That in itself is a thing to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've bought a coffee in the last you know, two weeks, it means you've had some spare change. So therefore, you should be in that top. So what haven't, you got, what haven't you got to be grateful for? I mean, come on. So I know it's easier said than done sometimes. So rather than trying to find that big, I won the lottery or I've just got married or something, Instead, just go, someone smiled at me today. Find the simple things. If you can be appreciative of, someone opened the door for me. Someone smiled at me. Um, I had a cup of tea today. I saw my best friend had a coffee with them. Like, find those small things, even if you can't find self-love at the moment. Just find that five things you're grateful for, and please don't put anything bigger than, you know, you had a coffee. Like, you can find a hundred things. You know, you, can, you saw a bird fly past a window. You're living in Australia, for crying out loud. I mean, that's a huge one. We haven't got people trying to blow us up right now as we're having this podcast. There's so many things. So you're not going to get out of the hole unless you start seeing some small bits of gratitude. And you might go, you know, I've got a coffee yesterday. It's like, okay, cool. Start in that frame of mind. But then write multiple like, coffee and then cup of tea and got to change. Get grumpy for a little while. But then the more and more you do it, you start going, okay, yeah, I've got a coffee. And oh, yeah, okay. So your energy does change and your mood does change. But just write it down. Like, even if you're the grumpiest bum right now, cool, write it down, write down five things, and I'll guarantee you keep looking back at those things and you think, oh, actually, my life isn't that bad. That would be the best way to come out of it. If you haven't got, so you said your points before about, you know, self-worth, self-worth is so important, but even still change the word. If self-worth is too scary for you, try and do it works better for you. It's like um, self-love, or it could be um, self-rockstarness, or it could be um, whatever. I don't care, because people will, every textbook out there has got their own way of doing things. Even the personal development people that um, haters like all oh, those freaking self help books, and they have a go at it. It's like, okay, well, how happy are you right now? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, so if you're not happy with the words, change the words. You know, make it, make it, make your heart sing when you say it. And that's an important one because you know there could have been some emotional thing for you. Your dad could, your parents could have been multimillionaires, and worth is the worst thing ever for you. So therefore, you're never going to find self worth because that word worth has got such an emotional attachment to it. Mm. So just find the word that resonates with you. Makes sense. Powerful. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. Um, beautiful. And I love that we're on the spirituality topic and I'd love to continue a little bit more if you've got a little bit more in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go all day. <laughs> well, hopefully not all day, but we've got a little bit more time. So let's just think about the most important things to you towards spirituality. If you could tell the listeners anything, it's like knowledge that you think that they need to know. What's the first thing that comes to your gut? Don't take yourself too seriously full stop um like literally that is the most important thing go and be stupid go and be silly like go out there and dance like no one's watching that whole whatever that quote is dance literally like, that is it yeah. <laughs> dance like no one's watching sing like no one's listening and 
I don't know, cook like no one's eating. I'm not sure that was the last part I made up, but anyway. Um, my point is, is don't take yourself too seriously. Because so many people, there's this, like you mentioned before, professionalism. And then um, the perfect mum, the perfect dad, the perfect kid, the perfect chiropractor, the perfect dentist, the perfect secretary, the perfect, I mean, come on, what's that word perfection even means? So literally, go and be silly. Like literally, go and be silly, have some fun. And if silly ends you up breaking an arm, so be it, you broke an arm. Okay, so that would be my biggest thing. Don't take yourself too seriously and enjoy life and have a laugh. That'll be the biggest one. Um, uh, on a probably a more practical note, begin with the end in mind. If anyone hasn't read this book, I'd suggest it's a great starting spot. It's um, Stephen Covey, the, uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and the, almost the opening paragraph. I'll say that again, Stephen Covey, and it's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And his number one opening quote is, begin with the end in mind, um, which actually says, it's the second one. The first one is, don't be a victim. I'll come back to that one. Um, begin with the end in mind actually allows you to realize if you're going to try and get a goal, if you want to run a marathon, it's like, okay, I'm gonna run a mar- run up, let's, let's try and run a marathon tomorrow. It's like, okay, cool, what have you got? I'm not sure, but my goal is to run a marathon, but you're nowhere near it. The first thing is, okay, which marathon are you going to run? Melbourne Marathon. Brilliant. Okay, what do you need? That's your first starting point. You've got the goal. The end in mind is to run the marathon, which is a whole form of goal setting, but most people are like, what's your goals? Like, oh, far out, what a question that is. As opposed to what do you want? What would be, if I was a genie in a bottle and you had a three wishes, what would you love to do tomorrow? Don't think about the left brain stuff, how you're going to achieve and how it's going to work. Just go, all right, I would love to have a partner. I would love to own my own house and I would love to um, get fit. All right, cool. What does that look like? What do you mean it look like? Well, you want to have a partner, own your own house and get fit. How fit? What kind of partner? Boy or girl? You know. Um, therefore, as soon as you begin with the end in mind, you can then deconstruct it. You make sense? Yeah. And literally, if you go that same thing, then you can um, you can break it down with whys or what do you mean by just simply asking those two questions, why or what do you mean by that? Ask yourself that self-reflection. It's so powerful. So if we kind of continue down the same path of what do you want uh, as a goal and it's I want to buy a house, where is the house going to be? How big is it going to be? How much do you want to spend? Then, okay, that's the answer to those three questions. Why do you want to have it that big? How much is it going to cost you? How, much are you going to co- how long is it going to take? That we can kind of basically start re- reverse engineering your whole life around, okay, how much I've got to save? Or if it's a fitness side of things, the same thing. How fit do you want to get? Uh, five kilos. Do you want to lose five kilos or get stronger? Okay, so you've got to do strength training plus this training. So, okay, do you need shoes or do you need to have a boxing bag? So then straight away, you can start narrowing your decisions and your actions around what your goals are by beginning with the end in mind rather than going, okay, let's get happy. What the hell does that mean? You know, it's impossible. So that would be a big one for me. Begin with the end in mind gives you so many strategies. Um, and I'm sure we could even do a workshop about that, about that whole idea. Actually, beginning with the, with the end in mind is, is so cool. And when you actually start kind of reversing, you think, oh, man, it's actually quite possible. It's like before to buy a house is impossible. Mm. Then you break it down to bite-sized pieces. You're like, actually, that's probably doable. And then all of a sudden, you get excited. You have gratitude along the way because you've saved your money. Your first step, your second milestone you have more appreciation, you have start having momentum starts happening, you're not stagnant, you're staying away from the mosquitoes. I mean, all that stuff happens, you know. So that's probably another real big one. Um, mm. You can sense along the way too, like as you were explaining that, you, you're ticking off each little thing and you're working towards that goal. It's like your energy is rising. Oh, totally. You pull yourself out of the hole. Mm. Yeah. That same thing, stagnancy never works. Like if you want to stay more and more depressed and anxious, just don't move. Just stay still. And that's in everything from the food that you're eating. If you eat the exact same foods, you don't move the body, you don't move your thoughts, you stay there. 
So stagnancy is pretty much almost should be synonymous for depressed or anxious because you can't do anything. Move and people say, oh, but what if I make the wrong decision? What if I make the wrong decision? The wrong decision or, or direction? Awesome. Even though if you make the wrong decision, you go down the wrong path, you come back to the same square one saying, oh, wrong path. Yeah. Then you find another path. Exactly. And it's like, but you're moving. If you just stay there saying, oh, should I go left or should I go right? Should I go forward or should I go backwards? Oh, no, I shouldn't go left. Oh, no. I mean, fire out, man. Life's going to end pretty quickly for you. So just get moving. And then if you make some mistakes, so be it. So that'll be a big one. Those two. Um, I love that, Sam. And I love that almost like decision paralysis that gets you nowhere. Yeah. You're never moving forward and you will. You'll keep repeating the same behavior, same habits, and you'll never work towards that goal you've got in your mind. Brilliant. I like the fact you said decision paralysis. That's actually like pretty impressive. Oh, let's coin it. Yeah, you should. You should, <laughs> you should coin that. That actually just hurt my brain a bit. Actually thinking about that word, paralysis, decision. Wow. Good it's job. strong. It's like very emotive, isn't mm, it? It is. It just scared me a little bit, actually. Well, it, it just connected with me a lot because I remember being in that similar position myself. I was so scared of what might happen that I actually didn't do anything. Yeah. I refused to travel because I was like, oh, I, I might be alone and it might hurt me. You know, like you are constantly afraid of that decision, but. Really, I was just wasting my time. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting anywhere. I was never growing. And then I just decided to exactly what you've just said. Be like, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, I, I figure out that's not the right way to go. Cool. At least I can tick that off and go in another direction. Yeah, perfect. It's beautiful, Sam. I love that you've mentioned that today. Mm, cool. What I would love for you to take us back to was actually that victim mentality that you were oh, talking tifus. about before. Okay. If you're ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> this is our, we do power, power of positive thought part one and part two. And um, part one is all lovely. We talk about gratitude, goal setting, affirmations, um, and like talk about the the value of choice and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a bit of a warm, fuzzy, and you feel quite good. We give you a really awesome um, five strategies that you can kind of have working out of that. And then I do that quite a few places in Geelong. Also, I've been invited to Melbourne to do it, and like, so we get asked to do it all over the place. And um, it's a pretty cool workshop. I won't lie. Then I said, like, people say, can you have the part two? Because we've done those things before. We've done my homework. Can we move forward? So I did a part two of it, and it's like, how deep should we go? We said it's part two. You can't do it until you've done your homework. I had a, a, a city of gratitude along, or someone asked me to come and do a talk. And um, no, it wasn't them. It might have been D. I can't remember. Someone. And uh, I said, okay, but has everyone done my first talk first? Because we're going to go a bit deeper, and you've got to make sure, like, you know, things are be ticked off. Anyway, this business that I, I can't think of right now, um, they said to me, yeah, they're all done, they're all done. I walked in there and they were there for like basically a PD day, like a personal development day. They didn't want to kind of be in their desk. They thought, I'll just take this Dr. Sam thing and just kind of hear what he has to say. Even though I've seen him before and I've done his first workshop, I walked in the room and said, who's done their homework? And they're like, what? I said, what are the four points? Like, you know, gratitude, affirmation. They all had their eyes rolled. Had this whole talk lined up for people that actually spent money, often will spend money on a work in a way to kind of work on themselves. And the number one thing was the victim mentality. And all these guys are saying, well, was it my fault? Is it having my homework? It's like, yeah, and so I, I just went just teed off on the, from day one, saying this is not about like being warm and fuzzy anymore. So we're actually getting some stuff done right now, and it's my only talk that I got a horrible review on because <laughs> I literally just said, okay, we're going to go all out, and these guys everyone felt uncomfortable. They mm-hmm. felt as if how dare you? This guy threatened me. This guy challenged me. I wasn't here to be challenged. I was here to be like basically an hour PD day. And I said from day one, this is what I wanted. So anyway, the victim mentality is one of those things you've got to be willing to change. All I was hearing just then was victim mentality. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally was like, oh, shivers. So I literally was halfway through and I was there with our with our with my receptionist who was like, he organized the events for us. And I was looking at her and she's like, 
just gave me a smile saying, just go for it. So <laughs> I just put my foot down and I went hard. And then there was one there person there that had done some work and she was like, thank you so much. That was so good. But I had four or five people that were like disgusted, stormed out, told their HR manager. But she, she knew. She like she was totally on my side. But these guys were upset because they were never done any work before. Mm. And when it comes to personal development, it's like running a marathon. You have to do the work. Yeah. And so when it comes to victim mentality... You can't just jump out of it. You have to be okay. You have to be okay with it, but do the work. You know, do your gratitude notes. Write your affirmations. Be okay with it. Life's gonna suck at some stages. But the biggest thing about victim mentality, it is the fundamentally most powerful thing. If you can get to the stage where every single thing that has ever happened to you is one hundred percent, wait for it, your fault. And I use that word pretty harshly, fault. And people say, how dare you? Because there's I mean a lot of stuff that can happen to people. And it's not about the situation you've been through. I can only imagine there's some horrible, horrible, horrible things out there. It's not about that situation. It's about how much power you want to give yourself. Mm. If you can say that, and it does take work, guys. I have my eyes roll my eyes then because I know this is a challenging conversation. So normally I do this more face-to-face with people. Mm. But if you can break that barrier and do the work and you can honestly say to yourself, yeah, that really hurt when you lost a loved one or you've been through some harsh something, but don't let that rule you. And it's once again, it's easier said than done. But victim mentality is so powerful. It is literally like you giving the keys to your life and you have your full Ferrari back to go off and do your thing. Mm. But you can't, if you can get to the stage where you have that mentality where every single thing is directly as as a response to your action or your inaction and it's 100% your fault. Oh, some guys hearing this might be like, how dare you? That hurts. You have no idea. I get it because, I mean, we've all been there. Mm. For sure, and, I'm, and I can still some things that all happened to me before. My wife is my princess because she often goes to me, Sam, it's your fault. It's like, oh, that hurts, even when time is tough. But my point is that if you get to that stage, that means that you're literally you're kicking butt, like you're rocking. And do whatever you can to learn about victim mentality, how to reduce it, how to remove it, how to, you know, everyone's going to have a levels of it, especially when there's like, you know, if you lost a loved one, if you lost a baby, for example, which I, I never have done, luckily, every year on the anniversary, it's going to be hard. And how dare that be your fault? It's like, yes, but those words, I'm using harsh emotive words to make it sting a little bit. So therefore you realize, okay, it's going to require some work. I've mm. got to get down and get dirty and get some get some muck off my hands to make that emotional event not actually affect me. And actually the really powerful paragraph in um, Jack Canfield's book called Success, uh, maybe The Success Principles, I think it's called. I can't remember it a little while ago. But anyway, his opening page, if you haven't got that book, or even just kind of download on Audible, it costs you 16 bucks and just be your first investment in your brain. Um, he goes through and talks about that. And he's actually, there's a really cool um, formula that talks about event plus... Oh, I'm sorry, guys, I should be better prepared. Anyway, event plus how you... I'll come back to you. I'll, I'll put it on your page if you want me to. I'll get this awesome formula that pretty much talks about any event that happens to you, the way that you deal with that event. Um leads to his outcome that must be it event plus reaction so e plus r equals o so your event plus your reaction equals your outcome mm. that must have been it wow my brain worked hard there it did yeah i was like going back into oh. the deep dark parts of my brain there anyway that for me was pretty awesome with that helps to reduce the victim mentality because mm. everyone's going to have events in their life that suck and then how you deal with it with your reaction to those events is going to lead to your outcome and the outcome then would be obviously whatever it wants to be. Um, and there, therefore, the victim mentality is um, allowing you to appreciate that um, every single thing that happens to you is as a result of the action or inaction that you take in your life. 
that is pretty much the, the where I'd leave it because it can get pretty harsh and hairy. But honestly, mm. guys, it is the most powerful, the best way that I've ever known for someone to have the full life in their own hands that no one, even if it's your partner, your you know your husband or your wife, if you have that mentality, even if they have been a, a turd, you can be like, you know what? I'm not liking the way you're dealing with me right now. I'm in charge of my own life. So like you are totally in the driver's seat and every single thing that happens. So that's a big one. Yeah, I love that, Sam. And I think it is harsh, but it's kind of like, wake up a little bit in Mm. a way it's almost coming to that understanding that you need to disassociate from the story that you've always told yourself oh boom from you know living in that same story or that's the situational thing that's happened to me and i'm reliving it over and over again and it's causing me this in my life but really like if you can separate from it then you can actually move forward and actually live a better life than what you're living right now yeah so I think that's the importance of it. It's just, you know, being like, okay, that has happened to me. Yeah, it did. It fucking sucked. But, you know, I don't have to live in that shit. I don't have to wallow in it. I can move forward. Oh, man. You, ne- you didn't tell me I could swear. I could have heaps more fun before. That's- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's good that I told you you weren't allowed to share. You're probably right. <laughs> Otherwise, people would have been like, uh, turn it off. Oh, sorry. The kids are listening. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Um, it's kind of like another point that you just raised then that when you're talking... Um, take a risk you know uh, that's another one that my dad I've been very blessed in my upbringing because I didn't realize how, how profound this was until I told this story quite a few times but every morning without doubt my dad with his, we had six kids I'm the youngest he'd take me out he'd finish his porridge or I'd be on the way on my way to school in Alice Springs and he'd go to the back of my seat give me a kiss on the back of the neck and say hey Sam take a risk and would literally push me off the street and push my, my, um, my seat up the street and say Sam take a risk every day for probably 10 years I thought, oh yeah, that's fine. So I've literally have had 65 stitches in my face. I've cast my face to pieces. I've have been hit by every single thing. I've tried every jump. Tried to jump over to a backflip over two cars. Like you name it, I was a young boy from Alice Springs. I've blown up jerry cans. You name it, I've done all the craziest stuff when you hear my upbringing. And I always thought, well, Dad said take a risk. Because literally I've been on top of a hill, freaking out. My hands are showing, the butterflies are in my guts. Going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And my dad goes that morning, take a risk. Going, all right, I'll try a risk. And then I'm back in the hospital with freaking more stitches and more things. And dad's like, what happened? And I'm like, took a risk. And he gives me a high five. Going, okay, son. And that's how I managed to be able to, I'm lucky enough. I have that kind of, have almost been forced into me a bit of that default of just give it a go. Um, but for all of you guys out there as well, being spontaneous and actually taking a risk, the worst thing going to happen, I can guarantee you, is you might get a few stitches. Okay. Or if it's going to be the emotional thing, you might have some emotional stitches where it's like, oh, that really hurt. And then you go and have some ice cream and you watch some TV and you get over it that night. But my point is, is that take a risk, you know, it's pretty powerful. Mm. So without taking those risks, we can't, I'm fully resonating with this so hard. Like you can't ever experience more than what you've currently got. Yeah. And you're not even sure what the other side looks like. Mm. It's like until you actually give it a go, that's when the real, the real fun is. So yeah, that's a big one. Take a risk. Um, Good point, Steph. I like that one. I like that one too, Sam. It's the whole getting out of your comfort zone thing. Oh, for sure. Mm. And if you're in it, freaking hell, it gets so much more fun outside. Oh my God. So much more fun. Um, it's, you, don't, you don't wear pajamas out there and you don't watch Netflix out there, but you definitely can get out there but naked. You can get out there with like, um, you know, your, if you wear flat shoes, get in some high heels. If you wear high heels, wear flat shoes. Like if you wear your Ugg boots all the time in the inside but never wear them outside, guess what? Go to Woolies and your Ugg boots on and you feel like as if like, Oh my gosh, who's watching me? But who cares? I'm such a rebel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're a rebel with warm feet. Got that adrenaline too. Like, oh yeah, who's looking at me right now? <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that, there's one more thing that I was going to mention before, but I didn't. Um, 
you would hear me say mom and dad and my nonna uh, have been big inspirations for me and uh, all the stuff that we've read but one of them was um, people are 10,000 times more interested in themselves than they are in you mm-hmm. and that hurts sometimes when you first hear that but I literally live my life by that now because like you could go through a breakup and oh my gosh they weren't going to be thinking about you and then it wasn't until mom goes hun they don't care it's like but you have no idea my first girl is my love of my life and all right she's like look your boys at school, your mates at school, they couldn't give a crap. They were trying to find who's playing foot on the weekend. And they might say to their partner, did you hear about so-and-so broke up? So be it. No one's sitting at home unless you're a full-on like David Beckham or someone like that where everyone's looking at you. But even them, they're only at the highlight for two or three weeks. You know, then people have got their own crap to deal with. So it's like as soon as you can get over that fact that no one really cares about you. Which is super harsh as well. It is super harsh, but you're not special. No. I mean, you, you are very special. I'm going to change that word. You are <laughs> very special. I'm holding to that word because, yes, you are beautiful in your perfection in your own right. Yes, I admit that as well. But no one cares about you except for you. And then the more you care about you, okay, in a non-egotistical way, then people start seeing the love and the light back in you and then all of a sudden you start bouncing off on everyone's energies. Mm. Okay. But the point is is that if, as soon as you start, if you're a crippled, or he said before that... Um, the awesome word you used? Par- paralyzed. Paralyzed. I said paralysis. Oh, you did actually. Um, decision paralysis, that's right. If you are in decision paralysis due to the fact that, there you go. I love it. It okay. sounds good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> you should definitely coin that. I like that. Uh, and because of, if you leave the house and you're ugly, people are going to look at you funny. Or because, you know, your ex-boyfriend knows where you live or I don't know, whatever. If you're stuck in that mode, it's like, they don't really care about you. No one's really watching you. They've got their own stuff. They've got their own Netflix Netflix thing to watch. They've got their own body images. They've got their own stuff. So who cares? They might talk about you once if they are being bitchy or they are being annoying. Guess what? Just cancel them out of your phone. But literally that there is once you realize that no one's really watching, it's so cool. It opens you up to so much more freedom. It's like you're not worried about what people are thinking all the time and you can just be like, you know what? I'm actually going to do what I want to do. Hmm. Yeah. And especially when that thing serves you. If you do what you want to do in your own level of service for yourself through your goals and having the begin, beginning and the end in mind, like a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, sweet, I'm going to tell my boss to get stuffed, I'm going to do this. And it's like, hang on a minute, but does that serve you if your goals and you have the ambition to have your house or have a partner or whatever, have your goals written down and then still don't care what people think about you, so I'm getting quite excited now. Um, that would be a good factor. you know. And so for me, that's kind of where it's like if you can – have that idea of going, okay, I'm going to do my job, do my thing um, with my own interest at thought or at heart, um, that's going to be when you're going to have the real fun. Mm. Oh, we've talked Sorry. about some seriously yeah, we, cool we, things we, today, we went, Sam. We went deep. We have gone deep. And like, yeah, we've gone super cutthroat. But hey, if this is the first time that these people that are listening today, our beautiful listeners, like if this is the first time that they've heard this sort of stuff, they get a chance now to go out there and do their own research and to see if it's right for them. And it might be cutthroat, but it opens them up to a new mindset. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And yeah, I totally agree. I think what you're doing here is so powerful for so many people. And I think that uh, we need more of these podcasts right now. When you're driving your car to and from work and in Melbourne and Geelong, you've got an hour and a half in the car every day, twice a day. That's an awesome way to invest in your mind. Like, I mean, it's the best investment. And so this kind of podcast that you're doing right now, I mean, I highly, highly suggest. I can tell you it's much better to this than listening to the JB Hi-Fi or the Harvey Norman ads you're going to hear on every other radio radio show out there. Um, so, yeah, I think what you're doing is pretty awesome. Oh, thanks, Sam. I'm blushing now. <laughs> 
Before we wrap this beautiful conversation up, I'd love to hear three things that you do in your life for self-care. Okay. Um, one of them I have a... It's like I feel naked without. It's my journal. Okay. It's not, it's not even a journal because that sounds a little bit wanky um, sometimes. Depends on who you are. What? Does your diary not sound a little bit wanky? It's a notebook. There you go. Okay. It's like all of my thoughts. Every morning I get up and I write down, like in the business side of things, it's not a business podcast. And I've done a few of those, so it's more about you get up in the day and if I'm like shivers, my head is full of already trying to be present, but I am in my state of meditation or presence, I'm thinking, oh, don't forget about this. And then my inner power, inner instinct or my innate intelligence or my innate being goes, Sam, today, you know, um, Steph, don't forget Steph needs this or something like that. If you come into my head two or three times in the day, I'm thinking about far out. Yes, Steph told me last week she had some worries. And if you come back into my head, that that's my energy kind of touching your energy. So my notebook is there for me to kind of write down, get hold of her. So if it's not so much like my my daily activity notes, but it's more so what is my subconscious telling me right now to focus on in the day? And it's not so much my to-do list, but it's more so, okay, so, oh, yeah, I haven't taken Gabby some flowers for a while. Or, oh, man, Felix needs me to play with a, with a Lego or something like that. Or it could be, oh man, we really got to work our butts off in here. So here's a strategy I just come up with with the business and marketing. So you come out and you write that down and that becomes like my go-to. It's like, oh, what were my thoughts again before? You know, you've always done those dreams you've had and then the dreams go by the second you've had your first toilet stop. It's like you've got to be able to get that inner wisdom because when you're dreaming, that's when you're so close to your innate intelligence. So my journal's next to my bed. Every morning without fail, I get up and I, do, I write something in it. Um, it could be today put the chickens out or it could be, I don't know, something. But literally it is like a to-do list or it could be a um, a, brain, a brain dump. It could be a, a, a gratitude note. Often today in mine, I write down fun, fun with smiles. I put down um, gratitude. I do um, PTC quite frequently in my journal, which is present time consciousness. So when I'm adjusting, I try to make sure that I'm always in the state of I'm there to serve someone through an adjustment. And I'll put a one 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 o percentage mark so 110 percent ptc which for me is basically i should be giving more of myself to that that, that that situation even us right now in this podcast i'm not like checking my phone not trying to you know thinking about marketing thinking about the kids it's like okay me and steph are doing podcasts for more people be here and be in the moment so that's my journal kind of i read back through yesterday i'm like oh she was yesterday i was pretty bad with my ptc yesterday or man i was pretty bad with the kids i better make sure i have my home with the kids so it's like your journal allows you to kind of reflect on where you're doing and almost Make sure that you're on the right path heading towards your goals. So that's my number one thing that I'd recommend. If you haven't got a journal, just get one. You can buy them cheaply from $2 shop as well. And have a pen because it's suckling an awesome idea. Just even if my journal is ratty. If you saw it, you'd, be almost, you'd almost vomit in that gross. <laughs> but it's like literally my, love, my, love, my fifth love of my life. Um, okay, there's that. Meditation is a huge one, but you're going to hear that all the time. Mm. For those of you out there that go, oh, yeah, meditation... I'm going to say anything wank. It's like an absolute ridiculous thing. But, here's a big but. It is the most powerful thing that every single spiritual tech I've ever read talks about. And it's like running a marathon. It's literally, I equate meditation to triathlons or marathons. Or Ironman. There you go. It's literally like, oh, those idiots, those freaks that meditate. It's like, oh, those freaks that freaking do Ironman, they run, they do four hours on the bike, they do three hours, they do a marathon, and they do like 800, what is it, a 3K swim. What idiots they are. Like they're bashing their bodies up. That's the headspace. But like those people that do that, how fit they are and how much they're improving and how, like it's like 
Those guys are working their butts off. They're doing a, they're doing a full-time job on their bodies every day. And it's like meditation gives you that same power, but it's not, no one can go, I'm, I'm going to go and do a marathon tomorrow. You do your first 4K run, your bum's going to get sore. You do your first two minutes of meditation, you fall asleep. I get it, you know. You first lie there, and yes, your brain does think about your kids, and then you start thinking about all those demons in your head, and yes, it requires work. So meditation, if you're willing to stick at it, once again, like gratitude, is one of the most powerful things because literally you are in control and you can like tap into your innate intelligence. So meditation is so powerful and not in the wanky version of it, but in like, yes, spend some time. Give yourself a one-month meditation challenge and yes, you're going to fall. I will guarantee you'll fall asleep. I've been doing it for 12 years and I still fall asleep. You know, And yes, your brain's going to think about a thousand thoughts. You might have two minutes out of 10 minutes. Or listen, two seconds out of 10 minutes is like profound but that's better than watching in 45 minutes, 45 minutes of Netflix. So meditation is key. Don't be too harsh on yourself, but if you just give it a go, and if it sucks in 10 years' time, just try and do it three or four times a week for t- five minutes each. That's 15 minutes you've invested in your mind. So that's my take on meditation. Um, white journal. And just smile and challenge people. Like literally be silly. Challenge people if you're out there when you go in there and you have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, hot chocolate, smoothie, or next time you order some food, when someone says, how are you going? Say something really stupid. <laughs> Go on like a rocket. Um, I feel like I'm a unicorn with butterfly wings on. Something <laughs> stupid like that, and then see them look at you and go, what the hell are you talking about? Just create a smile. Otherwise, life's too serious. So literally for me, those three things, what I do all the time, if I go up to the Geelong Fresh Food to get a coffee or get something, as soon as the old ladies behind the counter say, like, step back from the counter or give me this and give me that, it's like, how are you going? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, can you just tell me, what's been the best part of your day today? Watch them. They kind of, they bobble their head around a bit and then they're like, ah, oh, uh-huh. oh, thanks, hon. Their whole energy changes straight away. So Aww. if you can do that for some people, I think it's pretty cool because then that makes you also be able to give out more love and give out more smiles. And that's some pretty cool, cool things. I think so. Hmm. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm super fond of you and I know the listeners are going to be too. And I'm not going to ask you to tell them where they can find you on social media because I know that's a little bit out of your depth. <laughs> but I will ask them where they can physically find you. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you because uh, our social media stuff, apparently we have we have a very good social media account, but I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, we have a great team here that do that for me. So we, uh, we have a practice that's called The Innate Life. That's spelled I-N number eight. So the innate life. I'm in Geelong West in my chiropractic studio. And we also do for other healthcare professionals, we do like a thing called the innate summit and the innate shift because we innate's our big, our, our thing basically. Not our thing, it's everyone's thing, but it's kind of what me and my wife love to talk about. So we have the innate summit, which is a big seminar with four or 500 chiros every year. And we have some speakers that come to it and, and we get on stage and we talk about that. So that's mainly for healthcare providers. But um, for the general public, we definitely have um, the innate life, which is, Located in Geelong West off Hope Street. Beautiful. Mm. Amazing. And I know that we have literally talked about a million different things today Mm, that are super helpful for these listeners, and I know it will be. But is there anything else that you feel within you that you really need to say or get out or something that they must know before we close up today? Mm. Yeah, I do. I think one last thing is um, find where the happy people are and go and spend time with them. Like literally. Um, you can learn by osmosis. If you're in a real tough spot, you can definitely learn by osmosis, which is not sure what that means. It basically means is go out and hang out with people and you become like those people you hang around. If you're hanging out with dickheads, 
then stop hanging out with them. Or go and find people that you feel, like you said before, that last thing. If you feel the energetic flow is with you, go and hang out and ask them, can I buy your coffee? And once again, that's one of the most powerful things. And I'm going to suggest that one place to start looking is in the generations probably 10 to 20 years above you. That would be a big one that I think, and if you can't even go higher, like the 40 years above, like your grandparents, your great-grandparents, put your phones and phones away and go into a nursing home. If your grandparents are there, just, and you might think, that's oh, so boring. Ask them questions. Don't go say, hey, Grandma, how's your day been? Go in there and say, hey, what was it like when you were a kid? Mm. Or have some more pertinent questions and be a bit be prepared for some answers. And actually go in there as, like a, as if you're doing a journalistic moment. Um, you'll be profound by what they know. They've all been there, trust me. They've been through World War One, World War Two. They've been through the Great Depression. They've been through multiple kind of crises in their finances. Plus, they would have lost loved ones. I watched a film recently called Philomena. It's, a, it's an older film um, with Judy Dench, I think. And she was like, what the Irish went through, they had babies stolen off them. They'd have like, like, it's like, man, we are not in a tough time right now. Mm. You know, my dad was in the orphanage, and I was like, man, those old people, they have got some wealth of knowledge, and they, have, they deserve to be freaked out, stressed, and depressed, but they're not. So they've got more, strategy, more strategies to get out of it than I've got. So go and hang out with them. Mm. And uh, usually, most of them have got a smile on their face, get them a glass of champagne, and they have a ball. Like, so that would be my, my advice, is go and hang out with some old people and ask them some questions that you've got, because they have definitely got the answers, and be open to hearing their answers and actually implementing their answers, implementing their answers back into your life, because... The wealth is in books and the wealth is in the old people. Mm, Love it. Sam, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for talking so openly and just giving so much to the listeners today. You've literally poured out, I think, your heart and soul and a little bit more than into this podcast today. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart and from theirs as well. You're very welcome and thanks for having me. I'm happy you understood what I said. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Whoa, what an incredible episode. That was just jam-packed with so much information and so many new things for you guys to go out and research and see whether or not they suit you or whether or not you thought, hmm, yeah, I can apply that to my life and maybe it can help you become a better version of yourself. I love what Sam said that the greatest investment that we can ever make is the one between our ears in our mind and it's in our brain so every time you sit down to listen to one of these podcasts so you're in the car or you're out for a walk by the water wherever you are you're investing in your mind and investing in being a better version of you which I just love so much and I want to thank you guys for doing that with me each and every week you have no (laughs) no idea how honored and how humbled I feel that you choose to share your time with me this way so I want to say a big thank you to Sam a big thank you to you guys and I hope you guys have the most fantastic week and I will see you in my next episode